episode 65 Cherokee Rewind. Thanks for hanging out with us. I am Mick, and the guest this time around is a guy who was a goaltender back up. Uh, when I'm trying to think, well, it's Nate Gay. And Nate, when did you play? What years did you play in Toledo? Okay. Now, uh, we'll get to that because I'm sure there's plenty of fun stories involving uh, your coach and, and uh, let alone some of the other players. <clears throat> but uh, let's start first off with how you got started. Um, now, you were a local guy, were you not? Yeah, I was. Uh, I played my youth hockey in Bowling Green, Bowling Green, Pennsylvania, kind of back and forth with these seasons here and there. So Bowling Green was where... Well, let me ask you something then. Being from being around BG all that time, did you ever go over to the curling rink and give it a shot? Yeah, well, let's talk about that. How old were you when you started uh, putting on skates? So that's cute. <clears throat> so now when you played, uh, when you, when you first started playing, uh, where did you play and who was your coach when you first played organized?
they didn't have travel or anything for them, but like many nights, night, I just did house. I didn't do any home star or anything until uh, until my sport season. Okay. Um, now, were you a forward at that point? I think I was like forward. I, I mean, growing up, you know, you had that rotation of you know you got a you know one guy plays goalie every Saturday or you know, whenever you're playing a game and. I would get in the rotation, and I started to like it, and then I started to love it. Um, and then I would get so upset, you know, when the coach would pass me over, because I'd always had my hand up at practice, like, all right, who wants to take the goalie pads home? And I would always get so upset when he passed me over. Um, and at first, my parents, I know they, they didn't want me to play goalie, just, you know, the cost of it all, and how quickly I was growing, it was just, it's just a money pit. Uh, you know what they thought. They never thought they'd have a goalie for a, for a son. And <laughs> yeah. Turned out bad. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> but uh, so now, I mean, that, oh my. So how, how old were you when you finally converted to being a full-time goaltender? Did you, did you, were you growing pretty steadily, your height? Because, I mean, you're a tall drink of water now. But, I mean, back then, did you hit a pretty good growth spurt at the time? Yeah, I think by, at that point, I remember going through bully pads. Uh, I think I could get, like, three years out of the leg pads. Uh, my feet were growing a little bit quicker. Um, I remember I, I jumped up, like, three sizes. I don't remember how long it was, but my dad wasn't too thrilled that I didn't tell him that I needed new skates um, because I kept cramping my toes and I just never told him because I loved the skates so much that I jumped up three sizes and I got fitted for the next one. But it wasn't until uh, Bantam in high school when I was doing, uh, I was outgrowing and then abusing the pad so much that I'd probably get a new pair every year. Wow. Man, that 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 that's love, man. When they when they can help you with that, because uh, that's a. Looking back now, it's like my parents they live very modest and within their means, and and uh, they never did any improvements to their homes or anything. And my brother went he played travel hockey as well, and I'm like, Dad, do you wish you did this sooner? Like when they do like additions or anything to their house, and he's like, Yeah, but you know, <laughs> we're putting you guys as much. Wow. So now, um, where did you? I mean, now as when you play, when you got older, like Pee Wee and Bantam, where did you play? Bob Felder in 
Okay, so uh, presuming BG in high school? Yeah, yeah, I played four years there. Oh, okay. So now, um, did you play with your brother at all? No, he's uh, 99, so he was, uh, I'm a 94. We okay. Were, um, we never had a chance to play, play with each other. At least not competitively. Who was who was the who was the better uh, was was he a better goal scorer than you were a goalie or were you a better goalie than he was a goal scorer? Well, that's just being a brother. I mean, you know, but yeah. <laughs> that's sort of what you do. You know, you beat the snot out of the kid, you know, when, yeah. when so and I'm sure you, I'm sure you did your fair share of that too. Um, <clears throat> so now when you played in high school, tell me what that was like playing for the Bobcats at Bowling Green. Okay, so now when did you take the reins uh, for Bowling Green? Uh, 
Okay. Now, how tall were you at this time? Okay, so now you're in. You're at BG. You're fully immersed in being the number one guy. Um, what was the team like? I mean, did, did you guys have some good teams there at that point? So now, uh, at that point, did you play with any of the guys that you would eventually see at the junior level? Okay, so now, um, 
when you when you played in your junior senior years at Bowling Green, uh, did anything change as far as like your responsibilities or your or what was expected of you, your expectations? So, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you, we always hear about how, you know, goalies are, they're kind of walk to the beat of their own drum and they're a little, little different. Uh, was that the case for you guys in, uh, in high school? Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. What well, was uh, was, uh, was there a particular song you sang the most, or was it just anyone? I was going to say, did you get it any other time of year besides Christmas, or was that a year-round thing? Okay. So you sang Christmas tunes no matter what time of year. Okay. Well. Um, well, when I get, now that I'm older, like, working outside and stuff, if it's a hot day, it's in the middle of July or August, I'll, I'll you know, nothing wrong with that at all i like that idea that's a it's a good frame of mind to be nate now um so after you finished playing high school uh what was your thought process tell me about that as far as you know were you looking to play uh, somewhere else were you recruited by toledo uh where how what was it about you know what what ended up getting you there i guess but not only that but what were you thinking as far as during the off season, what you were going to do? Well, I think when, when I was in high school, uh, I think it was my junior year. Um, 
wrong on that. Uh, Scott Searing, I believe, was the coach, and he had, uh, like, I think, I thought I got drafted by Cleto. I'm not sure. I think that's, I might be totally misspoken. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. They drafted me, and then, and then I played, so Bob Felder and Mike Mankowski out of Pennsylvania, my 18 year, we played at, we went to the national tournament. And we ended up playing in the national championship game there. And that was after the high school season was over. So, like, Obi was back playing with me. And uh, so we ended up having that tournament. And then I, you know, I just started getting some phone calls and emails. And then, you know, Manko was reaching out and saying, hey, uh, so-and-so, so-and-so reached out. Um, and then I'm like, well, then I kind of had a talk with my dad. Well, that's why Mo's the best in the business, hands down. So.
there um now uh so you come in midway through uh what was your thought process going in there did you think well i'm going to sit and learn or am i going to uh am i going to try and uh see what i can do to work my way into the starting lineup uh, uh were you intimidated at all by uh the other guys in the locker room since most of them you really didn't know uh, what was it like back then? <clears throat> it was, I don't know if Tim is the right word. Um, it was, I don't know, I, I went in just kind of, you know, I told myself I just put my head down, I'd compete, and, you know, compete my tail off every day at practice. And you know, if I got a chance to play a game, you know, everyone's at that level to, you know, compete, play games, and hopefully get that call up. That, that was my goal. I, I wanted to, you know, I didn't think I was getting, so I wasn't getting as much playing time as I wanted in, in Minnesota. And, and then, you know, I knew that they had uh, a number one guy there already. Um, but, you know, with you know, growing up, it was I had competition was always the best, you know, bring the best out of everybody um, as far as their game. And I think having, uh, I think it was Nate Miller, that was the goalie there when I halfway through. Mm-hmm. And we were both like the same size. And you know, everyone everyone welcomed me with open arms. It was good to see everybody. And said that I don't do. I, I do both and uh, you know me, like I said. So and I hadn't seen Bogues in a long time. He kind of, uh, we lost, uh, we had talked a whole lot. We both got super busy with, with our sports and things like that. But, but going in, I just, I went in and, and uh, worked as hard as I could and, and uh, helped to play a few, start a few games. Well, and, and for those that don't know, uh, by Fogues, he means Jordan Fogarty uh, and Kyler Omi. So, uh, now, I, when you went in there, um, what, uh, I mean, when do you remember your first game at all when you got your first, who did you play against or anything? Okay. It was, uh, like a Friday, Saturday. And I, I remember I walked in, the first week I got there, there was a bug going around the team. And it's it like everybody just had a cough or something. Just, I can't remember what exactly it was. And, and, uh, I, and in, you know, in Minnesota, we didn't have a team doctor or anything. So when Doc comes in, he, you know, he marks down who's got what and all this stuff. And he comes back. 
in after uh, his job and, and take care of us. But I remember him coming in, and, and we had he had uh, like a prescription for all of us because we all had that same common cold, and there was no way we were playing with that cold. It was just looking back, it was, it was pretty funny how you know, the whole team got sick, and we all took the same medicine to, to get better. But yeah, what was our first game? There was a real, not real awakening. I think we, we won both games, but the style of play from Minnesota to Toledo was, Minnesota was a lot more like finesse and quick, where Toledo was much more blue collar, full run you over kind of thing. And there was a, uh, let's see, there was like a three person, I think Donnie Nagel was, was playing. He may have shot the puck into the opposing team's bench. Or maybe it just kind of happened to fly in there. I'm not sure. <laughs> so it was like a three-person brawl. And so two more. I, I think they changed the rule that if you had more than one person fighting, then that second one would get a game or something like that. But I was, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I was, I was in the crease. The fight was going on at Sunrise. Well, three of them were. And the, let's see, the, the flip bully kind of shakes his gloves at me. And he comes out to the hash mark, and I don't, at the time, I didn't know, I only talked to Kenny probably like five, six times. I didn't have him growing up as a coach, and with T.O., or with, with, uh, with Pat Omi, I just knew him as, you know, Tyler's dad. Like, he never coached me either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what these guys, like, liked, but, you know, they'd be mad that I, the other bully, and so I kind of like started to head out, like just just moving a little bit. And with how close the bench was, it was I think it was the third period, so we were I was on the the Cherokee side. And with how close the bench was to the crease, all I hear Kenny doing is he yells, which the whole ring probably could have heard. He's like, "Hey, stay in your effing crease." <laughs> great that is awesome now <clears throat> uh, so you you come in here and you start playing and uh, now who is your uh, who is your uh, cohort and goal again So then uh, you come in, you're playing some, and uh, 
tell me about the chemistry of the team, like in the locker room, uh, you know, for practice, not just games, but I mean, in the locker room, uh, what kind of kind of silliness did you guys do? What kind of fun did you guys have? sounds reasonable enough but now were you ever like uh one of the guys that uh, uh played those jokes uh that uh did those things whether it be leaners or or uh a shoe check or anything of the sort i don't think i ever shoot check somebody i was gonna say at six four that'd be kind of tough to do Of course, you know, the innocent, angelic Nate. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so now uh, the talk about um, what it was like playing for Kenny and T.O. Yeah. 
Well, um, of the kids in that, especially that first half season you were there, who would you say was uh, uh, some of the guys that you would hang out with and, and spend time with uh, besides you and, uh, and Nate? I mean, outside of the goaltending fraternity there. Uh, who else did you kind of hang hang out with? I hung out with, I, I'm sure I crashed on, uh, on Kyler Kyle's review a few times, probably more than, than welcome, but, you know, you got a good buddy of yours, you're going to crash there as often as their parents allow you. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I would hang out with uh, Jordan Fogarty quite a bit, um, but he was good buddies with uh, Layman, like Brandon Layman and, and uh, Tyler the lefty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of difficult to hang out with the guys that off. Like, I wish I could hang, I could have hung out with them a little more often than I did that first year. Mm-hmm. Um, but with having the 30 minute at least commute um, to Bowling Green every day, it was, uh, I could only hang out in the locker room for, you know, an hour and a half instead of the three hours that sometimes the guys would would take to get out of there at, at night, but um, but then you know some of the guys were still in school in high school and things like that that they had to get home to for schoolwork. Um, so living a little bit farther away made it a little more challenging hanging out with them outside of you know going to catch a movie after uh, practice or you know going to get some wings or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now um, that second year that you guys played. A um, little bit of turnover. Uh, did you? Uh, who 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 joined you in the uh, goaltending core? I believe it was uh, Aaron Callen. He was up. He lived in uh, Michigan. I'm sorry. What what was the name? Aaron Callen. Okay. Okay. Well, don't worry. I'm sure if someone hears it on the podcast, they'll they'll put it in the comments section. So. Yeah, that's okay. I'm trying to get 20 years combined, 20 years of memories into one podcast. You know that I do. You know, so I, you know, at least, and and I'm old, so. Yeah, true. I understand that. But uh, so anyway, so that second year, uh, who were some of the new faces that you saw uh, come in? I met uh, Will Bennett for the first time. And um, well, then, so the, the first season, I forgot to include uh, Zach Armstrong. Oh, Army. Okay. Was Brandon Lehman on that team? Yeah, he was on the team the first year. Okay. 
Okay. So that would be like uh, Austin Turner. Was that his first year, the second year? I think that was his second year. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the Gorski brothers. Oh, my. Well, they were all good dudes back then, man. They really were. And it's funny because, you know, I, I think, I, like I say, I remember all these people like it's no like nothing. But I just can't remember the years they played and who they played with. You know, sometimes yeah. that becomes an issue. back on it now how big of a deal was it to you know you you were kind of you were the number one guy um did you feel uh any sense of like leadership uh or you know in the locker room as far as with the guys and all those other guys kind of had it under control as far as uh, the 
living it. No one questioned, as long as no one questioned my work ethic on the back end, uh, you know, I felt like I was doing my part and, and not you know, cause any issues. Well, I think the thing that really impressed a lot of people, and I remember hearing people talk about it, was the fact that you played, I mean, your knee was basically a mess. And, you know, you're, you can't, you can't, uh, I mean, it, you're being understated about how serious that knee was uh, as far as the damage and the fact that you were playing through it. Uh, and I remember people talking about that, saying, you know, you know, they didn't know how you were playing. They had no idea how you were able to play through that because you had to have some, have some uh, serious surgery there on it. And it was... Uh, you just uh, basically you grinned and bared it without saying a lot to anybody. It was I had more conversations probably with Doc that year than I would like. Um, and you know with him being able to come out there and you know I I be I think I tried to push to get back quicker than I should have. Was, you know like everybody else they were trying to make the like the the NAHL main camps in May. Like, well, the season ends in March, um, so you only have a certain amount of time to at least try to get out and make a good impression on other, you know, on that on that next step for the team that you want to at least try out for. Um, but having Doc there, it was it was eye-opening to, to see. It was, uh, it was just more frustrating than anything. I was, I was trying to you know, give it my all Okay, so um, you go and uh, you you play it out. How difficult was it for you to? Um, how difficult was it for you to when you finished in Toledo to decide what you were going to do next? It was. I guess it was down to having another D third. I think I had one more year left, and it was down to having another knee surgery and going through that whole process again just to, you know, the first one I had in high school was successful, and then I had the, the second one, and then it just, like I said, it had came back, you know, 100%. But at the tail end of my second year, um, I, I wasn't playing all the games. I was, I was probably in, like, a, a healthy rotation, but at the same time, um, I forget if, if uh, Clay was still there in goal as well. Um, but I mean, I, I couldn't blame him for going with the the hot hand. As far as you know, as a goalie, you want or as a coach, you want consistency out of your goalie. And I could not. I just I just couldn't bring it. But then I had, you know, I it just I don't know. It's tough to think about the the what ifs, but at the same time. And, uh, you know, I, I knew at the end of the season, the, the grind that it took on me, like, physically and mentally, I, I thought it was just, you know, my body was, my body had enough. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where, you know, I look back and I think I gave it my all. Um, you know, when I was younger, I, I don't know if there was anything I could have done differently as far as keeping my knees, like, pre- preventing anything like that from happening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, what, what was next for you? Uh, obviously going to school was a big thing. 
did you play it? Yeah, so go ahead. I ended up going to BGSU, and I ended up started work. I needed beer money, so I ended up working at the uh, at the ice arena there. And then I never ended up since since Toledo or since you know, the playing days. I had I think one time I played goalie in like a beer league, and then my knee was hurt for like three weeks afterwards. So. That's the most, but once in a while I'll play beer league and I'll play out and then skate because um, that's not as taxing on my knee mm-hmm. or both my knees really. Um, but then I started, I started to get into coaching then as well. So where did you start coaching? So, um, we'll, we'll let you slide on that. No, anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> and, and so you finish your degree in Bowling Green in you. So, I said you finished uh, uh, your schooling in Bowling Green with a degree in uh, education. So I got a um, certified to teach K twelve uh, physical education and health. Okay, and so uh, are you going to try and uh, go into that at all? Uh, are you going to try and become a teacher, a phys ed teach? Isn't that what uh, T.O. is? Or he was? Yeah, yeah. Yep, sure was. I talked to him a little bit about, about everything. Um, after I graduated, I, which was like a couple, I think it was two years ago, it was, it was tough at the time finding, finding a job. I worked for 
Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're happy, you're working, you're happy. Uh, and, you know, you've got, again, you've got your degree. So you can always change, change up course before you, you know, before it's all said and done. So, but uh, I think the, right. thing, the thing I remember most, you know, with you, Nate, is the fact that, you know, you were always respectful and you were always a, a polite guy. I mean, yeah, you could, you, you had your moments, but overwhelmingly you were a very polite young man. And I think that's why so many people liked you was because of the fact that you were such a good kid. You could tell you were raised right. You could tell that you were uh, just someone that people like to gravitate to because you were like a cool, you were a cool guy to be around. And so that really, I think it, it shows. I mean, it showed in, you know, how things you say things happen for a reason. Well, people obviously thought you did good work and they also liked you. So that probably helped quite a bit in uh, you uh, getting to where you're at now. I appreciate that. You know, so, well, before we wind her up, <clears throat> just a couple of questions here. One, who would you say uh, had the biggest influence uh, hockey-wise? Who had the biggest influence on you? Okay. And how about away from the ice? Who are, who are the, uh, the couple of people that really impacted you in terms of uh, how you approach life? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so most of my parents definitely. Um, you know, I, I would be who I am today 
really look up to my, uh, really look up to my grandpa with his, like, work ethic and, you know, his demeanor and things like that. So, um, keeping it in the family of, you know, they, they're really good role models in my life. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Well, before we go, is there anything you want to say to Cherokee Nation, uh, the folks that are listening into this, uh, to say say anything to them in regards to your time in Toledo? I just love how, you know, I just this random guy shows up for a weekend that, you know, he's never seen play before and how I appreciated how uh, I was welcomed in um, with open arms and, and uh, you know, through the ups and downs, it was, it was, it was such a great family atmosphere there. And, you know, everyone has each other's back, no matter what, you know, life threw at you or whatever, how, however which way the puck hit you that day. Um, you know, you know, I always knew that, you know, Cherokee Nation had my back and everything like that. So that's one thing I'll never, ever forget. And, you know, I never took for granted as well because I, you know, I knew the other side of it how much better and, and how well the organization was as a whole. And uh, I think that started up at the top with, uh, with that. So that was a uh, big impact there. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Well, i tell you what, I appreciate you taking the time hanging out with us here, Nate. We were able to knock it out, and you, d- you did fine, buddy. Absolutely, please. So we were in we were in Toledo. Well, Saf would travel with the team, and I think it was a home and home. Uh, Friday night we were in Cleveland, and then it got a little rough. Like you know, at the end of every game, always does. I was and uh, so every game Friday. I don't know if we won or lost, but we got chipped. Saturday, close game. I think we were pulling out at the end, and then one of their players, like, shot a puck at, like, you know, towards our bench or something like that. And <laughs> there's, like, a fight that breaks out or something like that. And then I hear, all I hear, Kenny, is, you know, on top of the, the benches, there was a spot, you know, staff pulled off it. Mm-hmm. And he would watch the games from up there. And all I hear, Kenny, is, you know, would yell at the staff, but shot! Turn the water off! talking about the, the Cleveland team's, uh, I'm sorry, he, he yelled at him and said, turn the hot water off. And uh, the staff was like, I did 10 minutes ago, and he yelled back down to him, he turned the hot water <laughs> off, so the, the Cleveland team had to shower in cold water. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's classic. Classic sap. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh. Missed that oh, guy. Missed that guy. Yep, same here. Oh, man, that is too funny. Well, that's a good way to end it here. Uh, Nate, again, I appreciate it. And I hope we can, uh, when we get to some semblance of normalcy here, uh, that we can uh, get, all get together, hang out, watch a Cherokee game, and uh, have a couple pops and laugh and tell stories in the stands. Uh, that sounds, sounds awesome. I can't wait for that. Yep, I can't agree more. Well, buddy. You did great. I appreciate your time, and thanks again. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Oh, yeah, always. Well, that's going to do it here for Episode 65 of the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, subscribe. Uh, Whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts, 
just subscribe. Put in Cherokee Rewind, subscribe to it. And every time a new episode drops, you can listen to it. And so for Nate Gay, I am Mick saying so long, everybody. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.